0: good morning everybody there we are great to see all of you here today I'm glad that you could make it to next this morning we're honored that you're here we hope you hear something today that'll bless you we hope you hear something today that'll grow you and challenge you a little bit and if there are any podcasters out there we want to thank you for joining us as well wherever you are whatever you're doing thanks for giving next a lesson today I hear music I used to hear music. So um, last week, I got to give a lot of thanks and huge props to Aaron Duran, got up here and killed it, talked to us with a lot of passion and practicality about serving God and uh, I don't want to be a goat, I don't want to be a goat, I want to be a sheep, I want to be connected. Connected. Because as we learned last week from Aaron, whenever you're connected to the vine, whenever you're connected to him, the fruit just happens. The fruit, you're not striving and pushing, trying to produce fruit. You're just connected to him, and the fruit comes by virtue of that connection. So, Aaron, thank you for doing such a good job last week, man. I appreciate that very much. And all of the practical stuff you gave us at the end. Thank you, Van. Thank you. There are so many gifted communicators that are in here, and I'm doing my best to make sure you hear from them um at least once a month get you somebody else up here that you can listen to and hear so um i don't know if you've noticed that or not but um later on this month we're going to hear from brother kelton and that's going to be a lot of fun and uh brother mark wheeler will be coming up a little bit later (coughs) casey watley will be talking to us a little bit later on in the year so um, just looking forward to that something to put on your calendar and, and keep you coming back Now, two weeks ago, we introduced this new series, Divine Direction. comes from the book by Craig Grishel, Divine Direction, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. And so our lesson two weeks ago was about small choices. And that was really an, an introductory type lesson. But it's all about how the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell about our lives tomorrow. It's the small things. Everybody say small things. It's small things. Small things done consistently. That nobody sees that lead to the big impact that everybody wants. It's a small thing. It's done consistently. Nobody sees that lead to the big impact that everyone wants. For that reason, the best decision that you can make is the next decision. The best decision you can make is your next one. If you don't like how your story's going, you want to tell a different story, then start today. Don't start Monday. Don't wait for New Year's. Start today. Making small choices that move you toward the story that you want to tell. Yes, there are big choices in life. Yes, we make some very big choices. And yes, they can really impact your story. Everybody knows that. But what we tend to do, come on somebody, what we tend to do is to not connect the small choices that we make every day with the big differences we want to see in our lives. We think, oh, i got to make this one big choice but it's really the small choices that you make every day that's gonna tell the story of your life. They are connected, small choices made consistently add up to big differences, and small choices made consistently can add up to better stories. So today, I wanna get into the first of seven choices that you can make, and the title and the concept are simple. That's one of the things I love about Craig Rochelle's writing, always super practical, You don't have to have a degree in theology to be able to get into it. Super simple. And so today, the first choice that we're going to talk about, just one word, start. Start. And I'll tell you where we're headed today. I want to give you a little intro where we put some more meat on the bones from two weeks ago about small choices. And then I want to talk a little bit about a guy from Scripture named Daniel, whose small, consistent choices made for a powerful and victorious story. And then finally, I want to talk to you about the power of one thing. And we'll do something that we haven't done here in a while, which is to give you some next steps for this week. Y'all ready? Got your pens and notebooks ready? Got your thumbs limbered up? I don't want you to pull anything, okay? So get ready. You know, Jesus likes it when you take notes, He does, and the devil hates it. So make Jesus smile, make the devil mad. Take some notes today. Here we go. All right. Is anybody? Does anybody uh, ever read the Sunday comics? Did you ever read the Sunday comics as a kid? Okay. What were some of your favorites? What was it? Sermons Lagoon. Alley Oop. I don't know that one. I was always partial to Bloom County. Anybody remember Bloom County with Bill the Cat? I had a weird sense of humor. Anybody else? Zitz? <laughs> yes, this is funny. I like that one. Garfield. Oh, it was just called BC, right? BC? Yep. Good stuff. I haven't heard anybody mention the classic, the Peanuts. Wasn't always my favorite, but, you know, it was always there. Um, you know, Peanuts, Charlie Brown, Linus, Lucy, Pigpen, no, Marmaduke wasn't in peanuts. That was I'm just kidding. Did y'all ever, uh, did y'all ever see the, see the Sunday Comics uh, whenever Snoopy was a writer? Did y'all ever see that one where he's sitting on top of his little red doghouse with a typewriter? So I see a few people shaking your heads. Some people are like, "What's a typewriter?" OK, so for those of you born within the last 20 years, a typewriter is an ancient word processing device that uses mechanical gears and levers to put ink on a white piece of paper, like real paper. That's a typewriter, okay? So think word processor, only old school. And so there are these comics where Snoopy is on top of his doghouse and he's, he's writing, he's, he's a writer, and his, his stories always start the same way. Does anybody know it? His stories always start the same way. It was a dark and stormy night. Is, am I the only one that remembers that or somebody else remember? Okay, I got Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. It's a great way to start a story because it sets the tone immediately. It was a dark and stormy night. Yeah, it's a good intro. It's mysterious, suspenseful. There are other good introductions. Let's see if y'all can pick these out. Once upon a time, every fairy tale ever, right? Okay, once upon a time. Okay, here we go. Buckle down. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. Anybody? Tale of Two Cities by Dickens. All right, Charles Dickens. How about this one? Call Me Ishmael. Moby Dick, very good, by Melville. Awesome. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, George Lucas and Star Wars. Listen, this is a long one. This is a long one, but some of you are going to get this one. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. They were the last people you'd expect to be involved in anything strange or mysterious because they just didn't hold with such nonsense. Anybody? Harry Potter, right? J.K. Rowling. Here's another one. Maybe you'll remember this one. In the beginning. Book. Genesis. The Bible, right? Author. God. Great introductions to great stories. How about yours? How about your story? How would your story start? Because each of our stories have a unique beginning. My story started differently than yours. Yours started differently than everyone else's. But regardless of how our stories began, each of us lives out the story of our lives every day. And we don't think about the story of my life very often. We're too busy living it But recognizing, listen to me, recognizing the patterns and events of your life and the ebb and flow of your story can make a huge difference. It can make a huge difference in your future, and it can make a huge difference in how your story ultimately ends. If someone asked you to tell your story, what would you say? Michelle, tell me your story. What would you say? Where would you start? Would you start with your parents and where you were born? Would you just mention some highlights of proud moments? If you're like me, you probably have some chapters that you'd rather not share. Some things that you wish you had never done, that you don't want people to know about. But no matter how you would describe it, I want everybody here to listen to me today. Your story is not over. It's not over. Your future is still unwritten. You have more chapters to write. And you may not like the plot and the characters of your story so far, but with God's help, you can tell a better story than the one you've told up to now. One that you're not ashamed to share, a story that you're proud of. It's not too late to change the story that you tell one day. You can start something new. And it doesn't matter how desperate or how uncertain, how afraid, or how stuck you might feel right now, your story's not over. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to read one verse of Scripture. We'll explain a little bit about the story behind it in a little while, but Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down like he did a few times. He went home and knelt down like he did that one time a long time ago. What does it say? As what? As usual. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had what? Always done. Giving thanks to his God. Now we're going to get... To Daniel and his story here in a few minutes, but I want to give you our first big idea today Because it's so key to telling a better story and here it is So here's big idea number one for those of you making jesus happy by taking notes Big idea number one start where you are Start where you are you're like jason. How could I start anywhere else? It's because we always think about starting somewhere else well, whenever I lose 15 pounds, I'll or after I make that difficult phone call to that relative aisle, but we you got to start where you are, not where you're going to be. You got to start where you are today. I'm getting ahead of myself. We all know stories about people that made like one stupid mistake and lost everything. I have sat with people and counseled with them, people in that position made one stupid mistake. Good people made a lot of great choices up to that point in their life, but then they make one stupid mistake, and it's like they just lost everything. It seems that way, and it's hard. Because you know, this is what you know, you know that person is not the dumb mistake they just made, even though it's defining them at that moment. Y'all with me? In those moments, it's, it's the most important thing in their lives, and it's hard sometimes to live out an identity that's bigger than your mistake oh, that was pretty good. It takes work and it takes time. And maybe you've lived that story. And if you, if you have, then I'm really glad that you got up and came here today. And there's a whole list of big stupid mistakes that people can make. Merit, extramarital affairs, financial mistakes, substance abuse. I mean, y'all, y'all know all the horror stories. We don't have to list the big ones. But I want to direct your attention to a couple that we don't normally think of. And they are two of the biggest mistakes that you can possibly make. Two of the biggest mistakes that you can make in life are not starting and not finishing. It's two of the biggest mistakes you can make. Maybe you had good intentions to start a good habit. I'm going to walk 30 minutes a day. I I, I'm going to go to bed earlier, so I'm not as tired whenever I get up. I'm I'm going to spend more time with my more quality time with my family and maybe the things you did start you just you never finish and i know what that's like cuz i've been trying to lose the same 20 pounds for like the past 15 years it's like hide and seek where are you here i am <laughs> i'm back but what happens whenever you do that what happens whenever you have good intentions to start something and you don't follow through you don't finish I, I, this is how i i don't feel successful I don't feel disciplined. I feel like a failure. Now, it goes without saying, we can't travel back in time and start our life over, but there is something that we all can do, and you can do it today. You can start a new discipline today that will make a new and better ending for your story. Any day you choose, any day you choose, you can start something new and allow God to help you complete what he called you to start. So yes, big decisions are important. Who you marry, if you get married, that's important. The job that you take, what you study in school, those things are important. They're big decisions. But as we learned a couple of weeks ago, a truly meaningful life doesn't happen through a few big decisions. You build a truly meaningful life by stacking hundreds and hundreds of smaller decisions on top of each other. Vincent Van Gogh nailed it whenever he said, Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. God bless you. Here's a key question. What do you need to start in order to finish well? What do you need to start in order to finish well? Zechariah 4 and 10. Y'all have heard this one before. says this, Do not despise these small beginnings. Despise not the day of small things, right? Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. If you don't start, and if you don't start small, then your dream is going to remain just that. Whatever your dream is, if your dream is to lose 15 pounds, if your dream is to start a business, whatever, if your dream is to have a a, a ministry for Haitian orphans, whatever it is, whatever your dream is, if you don't start small, then that's all that's going to remain is just a dream. But if you want that dream to become a reality, start by taking one, just one, just one, just one, small step, In the direction that will lead you toward that dream. You want to run a marathon? (sighs) It's off to you. Have fun running that long. Start by walking 20 minutes today. You want to write a novel? Is that your dream to one to one day write a novel or write a book? Write down one sentence today. Write down one thought. Write down one paragraph. You want to preach to thousands? We'll do that by writing one message today or starting a folder somewhere on your iPad where you can record thoughts. Each decision you make, no matter how small it may seem, can have a huge impact. Because, big point number two, big idea number two, daily disciplines matter a lot. Daily disciplines matter, and they matter a lot. Here's what I found personally is that positive decisions in a person's life usually pave the way for myriad other positive activities. Y'all get that? It's like you do one good thing and it kind of leads you toward doing other good things. Certain habits create other good habits. And the inverse is also true. The absence of certain strategic habits can generate bad habits. Listen to this. An undisciplined life never leads to productivity or progress. An undisciplined life never leads to productivity or progress. If you don't put the right disciplines in place, you're gonna find yourself telling a story that you never wanted to tell. If you don't put the right disciplines in place, you're gonna find yourself telling a story you never intended to tell. We wanna tell our stories on purpose, right? Craig Rochelle calls it the flossing principle. The flossing, yeah, like flossing. That thing they always encourage you to do at the dentist's office? The flossing principle. Dentists love him for it. He's probably getting a kickback somewhere. But you have something similar to the flossing principle in your life. You do. You call it something different. You don't call it the flossing principle, but, but you have one. And here's how it works. It's called the flossing principle because it's a trigger behavior. That's good. Write that down. A trigger behavior. Certain habits or the absence of certain habits trigger other behaviors. In Craig's words, this is what he said. He said, flossing is important to me because it's the first and easiest discipline for me to quit. When I'm tired, I'd rather just brush my teeth and fall into bed. No harm done, right? But by choosing not to floss, the door opens for other problems. But when I force myself to floss, yes, he's talking about flossing his teeth. When I force myself to floss, even though I don't want to, I feel disciplined. Since I feel disciplined, I continue with my workout plan. Since I work out, I eat better. I sleep better, too. And when I sleep well, I wake up early and do my Bible reading before work. Then I go to work in a good frame of mind, and I'm more productive. And people applaud me for my good work, so I come home in a good mood and kiss my wife, and that's why we have six kids together. Flossing. Might do more for your love life than you think. Whoo! Somebody just got the revelation right there. So for Craig, for Craig and for me, everybody's going to go out and buy some floss today. (laughs) Here it comes. So for Craig and for me and for you, certain disciplines lead to other positive actions. And the path to discipline begins with your small daily decisions. What's your triggering behavior? What's that thing that you need to do consistently to keep the other good things from falling away? Take Daniel, for example. He is a great example of how success comes from faithfulness to do mundane things well. He's an example of how success comes from faithfulness to do mundane things well. Let's look at his story. So King Darius of Persia uh, inherited some Hebrew exiles from the Babylonian Empire. Okay, so the Babylonians, they, they conquered uh, part of uh, was it the Southern Empire. I can't remember now. I think Assyria conquered Israel, and then the Babylonians conquered Judah, so you had the people from Jerusalem, which makes sense, uh, in the Babylonian Empire. Then the Persian Empire conquered the Babylonian Empire, and whenever they did, the Persians inherited some Hebrew exiles from the Babylonians. And so as King Darius' kingdom grew, he appointed 120 satraps, S-A-T-R-A-P-S, satraps, like a governor, to handle regional matters and and to help govern the people. And then King Darius chose three administrators to oversee those 120 satraps, and Daniel was one of those chosen overseers. So he was somebody in the Persian Empire, and Daniel did such a good job, such an awesome job, that King Darius placed Daniel in charge of the whole kingdom. He's like, look, you just handle it. I don't want to worry about it anymore. Overnight success, right? Just lucky. Just lucky happened to be in the right place at the right time? Not so much, because there's a story behind the story. Why did the king respect Daniel so much? Why was Daniel favored among the others? What did, why did the king promote him so quickly? And we find the answers in a part of Daniel's story that a lot of people tend to skim over, because we always get on the, you know, the lion's den and all that, part, all that stuff. But his divine favor was the result of one small decision, that he made at some point in his life. And we don't know when he made this decision. Scripture doesn't tell us. And we don't know why he made this decision. Or if someone advised him to do it, or if he made it on his own. All we know is that Daniel made one decision, and he started one habit that absolutely changed his story. Daniel had a commitment to pray three times a day. And whenever the other jealous satraps and officials persuaded King Darius to pass this law that no one could pray to anybody except to King Darius, Daniel just kept right on doing what he had been doing. "Mm, Pass whatever law you want to. I'm just going to keep on doing what I do. And when Daniel heard about that new 30-day restriction on prayer, he just did the same thing that he had been doing three times a day for however long, maybe for months, maybe for years, maybe for decades, we don't know. But Daniel went to his house, He went to his upstairs room and he opened his window and he prayed to God. He turned his heart to God. And whenever he was arrested and put in a den of lions, it wasn't because Daniel was unafraid of lions. And it wasn't because he was just being rebellious and and rebellious against authority. And it wasn't because Daniel had some type of supernatural courage that we have yet to tap into. That's not it at all. Daniel had just started this regular practice much earlier in his life that helped him whenever he got placed into this impossible situation. Every day, three times a day, worship God. Align my heart with God's heart. Seek God's will above my own. Daniel was successful in the end. And it seemed like he had like this meteoric rise just out of nowhere. But Daniel was able to stand tall and be successful because he had made it a habit to stand before God. The small daily discipline of prayer equipped him to face the big, scary test of the lions that came later. Starting something small, folks, and then faithfully continuing it made his story so rich that we're still telling that story today. How do you start something that will help you face the lions in your life? Because we've all got them. How do you start something that will help you face the lions in your life? The best way to find a meaningful framework for your story is to pursue an eternal perspective. Now I'm going to explain that. But the best way for you to find a meaningful framework for your, for your story is to pursue an eternal perspective. When you look into your future, where do you think God wants you to be? Three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, where do you think God wants you to be? Not what your situation tells you. Not what your past tells you. But where do you think God wants you to be? in your future and who do you think he wants you to be whenever you get there do you think he wants you to be the same person that you are right now or do there need to be some changes made if you'll take the time to think about what your future should be instead of just winging it well this is what we do Amy What? The- oh now there's this crisis What am I going to do with the rest of my life? I don't know. I'm just going to keep on winging it. We're not intentional, Mark. We just wing it. We've got to stop winging it and be be intentional about it. If you'll take the time to think about what your future should be, then you can have some kind of sense of the direction you should move in. Chances are you can think of something right now that you know God would love to include in your story. I bet you can. I bet you can think of something right now that God would love to put into your story. So consider what might happen if you remember to floss tonight. Or work out tomorrow morning. Or not skip church on Wednesday whenever you're tired. Ooh, Just kind of ground your toe on that one. Some of you, I felt you wince from up here. Consider what might happen if if you spend some extra quality intentional time with someone that you love this week. Consider what might happen if you read one chapter in your Bible before you go to bed. Consider what might happen if you write down one thought during pastor's message today. Small decision today can change the story that you tell in the future. And I think we all want to tell a better story. Big idea number three. Oh, we're doing good. Big idea number three, just one thing. Just one thing. Once you have a sense of what God wants you to want, where do you begin? Where, where do I start? What discipline do you need to start practicing to head toward where God wants you to go? What discipline do you need to start practicing to head toward where God wants you to go? Just one thing. Now, you can probably think of three or four or five or ten, but don't. Pick. Pick. How many? Pick one. Pick just one thing. I, I'm belaboring the point here because it's so important that you just pick one thing. Because if you pick more than one, you likely will not achieve any. That is the Gospel truth. First, Jason chapter 2, verse 5. Pick one thing. Thing Because if you pick more than one, you're not going to achieve any. But if you will take aim, intentionally take aim at just one thing, one simple thing, then you're aiming for something that's achievable. Big changes are very possible, but they start with one small decision. It's one decision to start one thing, and you can do that. Everybody can do that. Everybody can do one thing. You can read one verse of Scripture before you get out of bed in the morning. Instead of rolling over Facebook, Instagram. How about you version? One verse of Scripture. They even have a daily verse right there. You can do that. You can read one verse of Scripture before you get out of bed in the morning. Maybe that's the one thing that you need to do. You can set your alarm five minutes early and pray before you get out of bed. You don't even have to get out of bed. You don't even have to put your knees on the floor. You can set your alarm five minutes early and pray before you get out of bed. And if you go back to sleep, it's okay because you went to sleep praying instead of worrying about your day. That was a lot better than y'all responded. You can write down one thought every day. You can do that. You don't have to write a whole paragraph. You can write down one sentence. You can call one person you care about every week. You can put a reminder in your phone, call so-and-so, and you can ignore it every day, except one. One day a week, you can call that person that you care about. You can do that. You can afford to order one book about that thing that you've always dreamed of doing. You can afford one book. You can afford to take ten minutes to watch a video about that one thing that you've always wanted to do. You can do that. It's one thing. You can do that. There's this really interesting story in 1 Kings 20 about one of the kings of Israel, his name was Ahab. Not a great king, but still a cool story. And the prophet explained that God was going to change Israel's history by giving the enemy army into the hand of the Israelites. And Ahab couldn't see it. He was like, ha! We're too few, they're too many, we're not very good warriors, they're a lot better. So he asked the prophet, But who will do this? Who will do this? And the prophet answered Ahab and said, This is what the Lord says. The junior officers under the provincial commanders will do it. So there's your answer. Who's going to do it? The junior officers under the provincial commanders. And then Ahab asked this question, And who will start the battle? And the prophet answered, You will. Who's going to start the battle? You will. You will. You will. God will finish it. God will bring the success, but you have to start it. One small choice, just one thing. Let me give you, uh, let me wrap this up and give you some next steps. So, listen, what's your one thing? What's your one thing? What one discipline do you need to start today so that you can tell the story that God wants you to tell? Is it daily devotion time? I know I'm harping on that, but guys, I'm telling you it makes an incredible difference in your life if you can establish that habit. If it's in the morning, if it's at lunchtime, or if it's at night, I don't care, but set some time to read the Word. So that might be your one thing. And if you don't do that right now, this is the voice of the Lord telling you, that's your one thing. You need to start that. Amen. Is it a daily prayer time? Maybe you need 15 minutes of protected time sitting on the couch talking to your spouse. Where the rugrats know, don't come right now. You're not dying. Go away. We need to spend some time talking to each other. Maybe you need 10 minutes of daily exercise. You might not be able to do 30 minutes of high-intensity intervals. Okay. But you can get up off your duff and walk for 10 minutes. Start there. One small thing. Oh, y'all are going to love this one. Maybe it's tithing. And if 10% seems out of reach, I'm going to get called on the carpet for this one if he hears about it. But if 10% seems out of reach, how about you start with five? Because if you're not tithing anything right now, 5% is a lot better than 0%. 1% is a lot better than 0%. And just say, I'm going to tithe 1% from now until the end of the year, and I'm going to start on 2% in January. And if it takes you three, five, ten years to get up to 10%, well, then by then you'll be where you need to be. But just start. you got to start. Ah, I told you all I'm going to get in trouble. Now, wait a minute. If you're already tithing 10%, that doesn't mean... (laughs) He said to start with 1%, so here we go. We won't be able to afford the A-Center anymore. But start. Here's your next step for the week. Here we go. I'm in so much trouble. Here's your next step for the week. Write down the one thing you need to start. Why do I have to write it down? Because it's not real until you write it down. But whenever you write it down, it becomes real. Don't overthink it, just put a sentence or two. You don't have to write a book. You don't even have to write a paragraph. And you don't need weeks to come up with it either. Just write down your one thing and start. Because most of you in here already know what your one thing is. You already know. But for the few of you that don't, don't put it off. Think about it today. Pray about it during altar call after service. Sleep on it. And then here's your challenge. Write it down before you go to sleep. On Monday night. But write down your one thing. And just like that, you will begin telling the story that God wants you to tell. And then on Tuesday, do it. Do it. The best time for you to start writing your future story is right now. Right now. There's no better time than today to begin telling the story that you want to tell. Walt Disney said this. He said, the way to get started is to quit talking and start doing. I love that. The way to get started is to quit talking, start doing. Today is a better day to start than tomorrow. If you don't start now, a year from now you'll wish you had. So who's going to start it? You will. You will start a discipline today that will change your story forever. Just start where you are, take that first step, just one step, just start. Thank you, Craig Rochelle. Now, next week, we're gonna talk about stop. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So good so good let's pray lord your word is full of wisdom and i thank you for people like craig rochelle that can take it and and put it in such practical terms so that we can not just read your word and appreciate it but actually employ it to bring about real change in our lives lord you're a lot more concerned with our consecration and our growth and development than you are with our comfort. Sometimes that one small discipline moves us out of our comfort zones. But Lord, I got a feeling that that's where the really good parts of the story happen. So Lord, help us all, every one of us, Lord, to write down that one discipline and to do it coming Tuesday. In Jesus' name.